On the 12th of January 2023, the United States Office of the Director of National Intelligence published the unclassified version of its 2022 annual report on unidentified aerial phenomena. But what relevant information does it contain? And does it shift the paradigm of the entire UFO stroke UAP community? Last week we got so engaged, and maybe digressed a little, that we had to split the episode into two separate weeks. So join us here on Aliens Explored as we continue to delve into this extremely dry document to try and sort salient facts from speculative supposition, picking up from where we left off last time. This episode is dedicated to our Explorer of the Week, Israel. Why not follow Israel's example and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash aliens explored. Your support helps us keep on doing what we do best. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? And picking up from where we left off last time, the episode continues. Yeah, in the executive summary, it does say that there has been a total, as of 30th of August 2022, a total of 510 UAP reports. Now, I can tell you that that probably in America alone, you'll get more than that reported every day. So they're I'm saying sorry, there have it, been a total of 510. So does it go into who's actually reported, where these reports yes, come does. from? Yes, so On page so it's five... Not, so it's not harvesting it just from the public, from public no, no. reports on, on things. No, no, on page five, it says the majority of new UAP reporting originates from US Navy and US Air Force aviators and operators who witnessed UAP during the course of their operational duties. That That's okay. one I've got to come on to later. Um, okay. Yeah. 510, that was that was another one I had marked on the executive summary. So yes, it's mm. increasing. They're saying 510, which seems strikes me as incredibly, incredibly low. But I still mm. think, even though you, you're absolutely right in what you're saying, um, people are not being laughed at. They're, they're being taken more seriously. I still think, because these are from military people, there will still be an element of military mindset, a hesitancy to report UFOs. UAPs, call them what you um, will. No, I, less, I don't think the military much will. less than they used to be. Much less. No, I, I, but, I think if if you're involved in air defence and you pick up something, whatever system you're using for detection, you pick up something that you can't identify. That's a red flag. You you sound the alert. There's something out there that I don't know what it is. 
Yeah, but if you've seen it, it's not on any instrumentation. It's not on any cameras or anything like that. It's just literally something you have witnessed yourself. Hmm. I still think there'd be a hesitancy to. I'm. I'm saying it's much, much, much better. And and again, you know, these videos that the Pentagon released, um, from the USS Nimitz play a huge role in in destigmatizing the the entire subject. Um, and absolutely, mm. that's definitely moving in the right way. I just think. So I I I do some work with with sort of ex-military people and. I know how that mindset can get, and anybody standing out from the... I mean, you're, I'm preaching to the converted, I know, very much mm. here, uh, with you, Neil, but to stand out from the crowd and say, I saw something that was bizarre that I can't explain, I would still be... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can imagine a lot of people would still be hesitant. Well, I think the first question that will be asked will be, well, how come no one else saw it then? Yeah. What, what did you think... see that no one else saw? I mean, the military bases are crowded places. You don't often get – it's not often – it would be, be quite a coincidence for a service person who just happens to be on their own somewhere for some reason, not with their usual group of people, their, their co-workers. Um, that, that's when they see something in the sky. And there's also, I mean, this might be my perception, and my perception on this may be completely and utterly wrong, but I imagine in that machismo environment, there's still going to be, you know, A, people taking every opportunity to take the piss out of other people, and B, Mm. not wanting to be the one taking the piss out of. That's very much the case, yeah. It's it's a very... um... yeah toxic environment so in light of that the fact that we now know it's it's sort of it's military personnel 510 that's a hell Mm. of an increase and good for it good for it okay so the third thing i wanted to uh mention on the executive summary uh Mm -hmm. was the opening sentence of the the last paragraph UAP events continue to occur in restricted or sensitive airspace, highlighting possible concerns for safety of flight or adversary collection activity, which is exactly what you were talking about. Mm. Um, collection activity. Now, what might I, I, Oh, God, no. Do you know what I was going to say? That might not count as surveillance, but I'm not going down that route because mm. we'll end up talking <laughs> about a load of other things. <laughs> yeah. um, so, page three, the scope and assumptions. I personally have no comments on that particular page um well that that last bit of the last sentence will continue to investigate any evidence of possible foreign government involvement in uap events when they're talking about surveillance activities they're not yeah that doesn't mention sorry anyone this is scope and assumptions um it's on page two on the executive summary oh oh the sorry last, yeah, the last, on that, the, right? uh, yeah the, the last thing it says um, they will continue to investigate th- when they're talking about um, these events occurring in restricted or sensitive airspace, um, or ad- with highlighting possible concerns for safety, for safety of flight or adversary collection activity. And we'll mm-hmm. continue to investigate any evidence of possible foreign government involvement in UAP events. So I think primarily they are looking at, they are concerned about um, a foreign adversary. The, the, well, this UAP being a foreign adversary on some kind of spy mission. 
they, they know that UAPs aren't theirs, which they would know, yeah. hmm. and they're going to continue to collect evidence on it. Unless in foreign government, you also unless in foreign government you also include the Galactic Federation, who well. they've decided is an adversary. Um, but they don't actually say that. They, I think, that, they're very much would talking count about as a foreign. Yeah, a, a foreign government, a foreign agency. <laughs> yeah, it would yeah, yeah. It, it would yeah, but I don't think that's what they mean. I, I bet if you you walked into your general's office and say, "Do you mean possibly the Galactic Federation or the the, the Borg well, or whatever?" And they'd say, "Well, not really. We're thinking more of the Chinese." We know they want to downplay um, the whole and, and ridicule. Uh, the concept of it being extraterrestrial, but we also know that they're not ruling it out either. They're choosing um, wording very carefully. They're, they're, they're specifically not saying it, but this, as we pointed out, is the unclassified version. What's in the classified version? Is that what they say? Yeah, we think the Galactic, Galactic Federation is keeping an eye on us. And yeah. I mean, it, it does... It, it does uh, mentioned that those 510 reports are basically in the classified version. So we know mm. we, we know yeah. that is in there. We don't know what else is in there, absolutely. Mm. Um, but yes, scope and, and assumptions uh, all looks very sort of boilerplate standard mm. to me. Um, nothing jumped out. Did anything jump out at you from uh, page it's, three. It's hard to read. It's your eyes start watering, and you start, yeah, <laughs> your brain starts melting after yeah. a while, doesn't it? <laughs> um, the assumptions paragraph at the bottom of page three. That's 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 an easier read. Um, multiple factors affect the observation or detection of UAP, such as weather, illumination, atmospheric effects, or the accurate interpretation of sensor data. So, you know, there's still. They still conclude, they acknowledge that a select number of UAP incidents may be attributable to sensor irregularities or variances such as operator or equipment error. Yeah. It, I mean, to me, it's just stating the obvious there with you. If it's cloudy, you're less likely to see something. Um, um, yeah. Equipment malfunctions may cause things. Yeah. That's, that's all fairly obvious stuff um, to me, anyway. Hmm. Um, but if you're if you're picking up something enough. that no one else can see, then the assumption is that either the the equipment's gone wrong or that it's not being used right. That that would be the first assumption. I think there's always a danger in making such assumptions, but yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, page four. Um, the only thing really here for me was the establishment of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the Arrow mm. uh, Government Department, basically. The, the thing is, though, we've had so many different government uh, branches, government departments. Um, most of them have been secret mm. at the time, um, you know, Project Blue Book and what have you. Uh, but... I suppose well, this is not the first time that it's even become public because um, you've got ATIP that was mm. uh, the Advanced Aeronautical one. Um, mm. But then that was less specifically about... Oh, and it was about UAPs. We know that. 
but um, but yeah. it was less advertising that it was about UAP. So that, to me, it's it's a gradual step towards they're just acknowledging that UAPs exist, um, and we're we're getting steps along that way. So the fact I, that I don't think that, that department I don't think formed, there's, there's never been any doubt that UFOs or UAPs exist. It's just what they are and where they're from. That's 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 what's at issue, isn't it? That's what we're discussing, whether this stuff is just mundane terrestrial stuff or whether it's actually come from another planet or dimension. It's obvious to the man in the street, but but 20 years ago, hell, 10 years ago, you would not have got a government official to publicly admit that. Um, At the height of the Cold War, um, when... You know, things were really on a on a knife edge at times. Yeah, no, our air defence generals wouldn't have admitted that sometimes something comes up in the sky and they don't know what it is. I'm talking um, much more recently than the Cold War, though. They, they wouldn't have. But that, that attitude would have persisted. It would have still been the same people. No, we're not going to talk about the stuff we don't know, the stuff we, you know, we, we want the message we want to put out there is that we're defending our skies and we nothing gets into our airspace without us knowing about it. Air superiority. Uh, well, and, I mean, and occasionally, admitting now they haven't got that. Well, no, I mean, say, well, occasionally there'll be something which we don't know what it is, um, and sometimes we can't find it. But you know, people report all kinds of things they've seen. Um, might be a balloon. It might be a paper bag blowing through the air. It might be the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, might be a flying saucer. It might be a flying saucer, <laughs> but they, yeah. <laughs> Um, one never knows. Uh, but yeah, anything, anything else on page four that jumps out at you for you there? Um, not really. No, it's fairly dry it's stuff. It is very much. I mean, a lot of this report is, um, and but quite often, if things that seem overly dry, I start to wonder. Well, is that because there's something? In there that mm. they want to, you know, bury. Um, mm. But it's the unclassified version. So if they wanted to bury it, they'd just put it in the classified version, mm. I suppose. Um, but anyway, on to page five. Continued reporting and robust analysis are providing better fidelity on UAP events, but many cases res- name remain unresolved. That's just the mm. title of this section, (laughs) which is pretty much an essay in itself. Um, But this goes into some really interesting um, uh, elements. So from July 2022 um, Mm -hmm. to August 2022, they had 366 newly identified reports. Now, some Hmm. of these they've been able to attribute. Six of them were attributed to things like birds, weather events, plastic bags, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 163 were characterized as either balloons or balloon-like entities. So they're not saying it is a balloon, but... It kind of it looks like a balloon. No, so I mean I think um, people have stopped setting off sky lanterns, haven't they? I think um, 
it's still been made aware. It still happens. I mean, I've got a couple of sky lanterns, which you know, I'm not going to let them off, but uh, or I'll tether them. But yeah, the people were made aware that the danger they present to wildlife yeah. when they come down again. Certainly, they but, don't happen anywhere near as much as they used to. But um, but no, I mean, people put up weather balloons and things like that. You know, it, it does happen. Um, or, or just party balloons. Uh, give a kid a, a balloon filled with helium and they let go of it. There's it. There's another, you know, and it's got a, a silvery reflective surface. Yeah, that could show up on radar or, or whatever. Mm. Um, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, 163 of them categorised that way. 26 categorised as unmanned aircraft systems or like UAS or UAS-like entities. People flying and drones. They mean drones. That's yeah. exactly what they mean by that. Yeah. Um, but that said, so you you take the recent um, UAPs that were shot down, and the first mm. one they they said it was clearly an unmanned device. Mm. Are they trying to sort of bury that as? Would that come into these twenty six because that wasn't a drone? Well, it still leaves an awful lot of, say, the remaining 171 uncharacterized and unattributed UAP reports. Um, yes. Say some of them appear to have demonstrated unusual flight characteristics or performance capabilities, and require further analysis. But they really lack the data to say what it is. So, of 366, nearly half, not far off half of them, they said. Hmm. We haven't got a clue. We've ruled out balloons. We've ruled out drones. We've ruled out birds or weather or, you know. Um, no, I don't think half saying, of them. With, with half of them saying, "Yeah, we've ruled it. We've ruled it out." Mm -hmm. um, but the other half, they're being out. They're not. They're saying, "Well, we we can't really rule those out. We can't say for sure that that was a drone or a balloon or whatever. We don't know what it was." Well, I'm, I'm looking at the wording very carefully, and they're saying characterised as unmanned aircraft systems or unmanned aircraft systems like entities. 163 categorised as a balloon or balloon-like entity. What they're saying is 171 of them do not hmm. have those characteristics. They don't have the um, characteristics no, of a balloon. The, the, they don't have the characteristics the, of a drone. No, what they're saying is those 26... UASs, 163 balloons, six clutter. Mm -hmm. they've, they've been able to confirm that that's what they are. The remaining 171, they've not been able to confirm that that's what they are. I'm, no, I'm going to dispute this really strongly because if they knew, for example, it was a balloon, they wouldn't say well, that's the thing. characterized as a balloon or a balloon like entity. Um, well, yes, it could be a different kind of balloon. You know, it might be a helium balloon, it might be a hot air balloon, it might be. Uh, but what they're saying in that is, we we might not know what it is, but it sort of behaves a bit like a balloon. No, they're saying we we that saw it was a balloon. Into that category. A, it was a hot air balloon or a sky lantern or whatever you want to call it, the um, various things. It, so it why was something are they including like balloon-like entities as a well, it descriptor? They might class a balloon as just a party balloon or you know, a helium-filled balloon. Yeah. They might not class um, a bag of hot air as a balloon or a, you know. 
I, I don't. I don't know. All right, I'd, I'd have to ask further. Exactly why you differentiated between balloon or balloon-like entity? What, what do you mean by balloon, and what do you mean by balloon-like entity? But what I'm saying is, the ones that are uncharacterized, it's not because they don't fit into any of these characteristics or these these categories. I'm saying it's because they weren't able to get close enough to them or see them well enough to actually characterize them. That they, well, they might well fall into those same categories, but we can't say for sure. It it does say specifically, and and I get you know these reports and this reading is as we keep saying very yeah. very dry, but it does say very specifically. Initial characterization does not mean positively resolved or unidentified. Hmm. Um. It it just basically it doesn't mean either. So the same. Yeah. We're saying we we can't, we're not saying positively it is, and we're not saying, but we're not saying it's unidentified either. Yeah. We're saying we think we think this is what that, is what it is, but the others can, we don't know. We don't know enough. You know, I think we're, we're this is a real hair splitting episode. This one, isn't it? It really. What really, do they mean by yes. mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, so yes, one hundred and seventy-one. Um, they can't categorize as a balloon or a drone. Um, yeah. Hmm. It's interesting. It's it's an interesting. It's to me, it's a huge amount that. Um, and like I say, it does say, uh, as mentioned earlier, the majority of new UAP reporting originates from US Navy and US Air Force aviators and operators. Hmm. Uh, now, for me, that I mean, it does go on to summary in the way ahead. That to be honest, it's like. Yeah, we're just going to continue recording and reporting. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That but but nowhere it. in this report does it say. I mean, maybe it does say in the classified one, but nowhere here does it say we're concerned that we're being monitored by um, other entities, people from other dimensions or planets, who have capabilities way superior to ours, who could wipe us out if they decided to. Um, and we're, we're seeing evidence that they're, they're, they're here. You know, they're looking at their, they're encroaching on our airspace. There's nothing that says extraterrestrial. So my question in response to that is, do you think they would come out and directly say something like that, even if it were the case? Not in an unclassified report, no. But no they're not even hinting at it. They're, all, they're, they're talking purely of, um, you know, hazards to air traffic and possible intelligence gathering but um no no suggestion <laughs> they're not naming any names absolutely yeah, they're not even saying they're not even highlighting who would be the potential adversaries who might be able to do this no that that which i suppose shouldn't surprise me but if if the US thought that they had an, a potential adversary who could encroach you on the US airspace without, you know, with impunity, that would be setting off alarm bells everywhere. Well, this is this is where it gets quite interesting. So for me, this whole report, it's pretty much it's saying very very little. Um, um, well, there is something I really picked up on on the bottom of page six. Oh, and they're talking about f- 
flight safety concerns and health implications. So saying, yeah, they obviously pose a hazard, a collision hazard yeah. to they call air assets, potentially sometimes requiring aircraft to adjust their flight patterns to, to mm-hmm. dodge these things, uh, these things which are operating outside of air traffic control standards or instruction. Yeah. Um, but there are also um, health concerns. Um, there have also been no encounters with UAP confirmed to contribute directly to adverse health-related effects to the observers, acknowledging that health-related effects may appear at any time after an event occurs. So they're going to track any reported health implications related to UAP should they emerge. What do they mean by that? means they're not ruling out. Um, So we have talked about uh, various cases uh, various abduction cases where mm. people have spontaneously developed cancer or as an example mm. um, they're not ruling out that sort of thing and they're saying we're going to look case for it someone who saw some craft that was it emitted such a bright light and heat that it gave them a suntan or gave uh, them a radiation yes. burn Yes, he, he got the um, basically yeah burned on one side of his face, didn't he? Um, yeah. Oh, wasn't Travis Walton? Oh, who was it? I can't remember now off the top of my head. Hmm. We talk about so no, it's just a vague this, memory uh, that someone. So I, I guess they're talking about that kind of thing. Was it Terry Lovelace? Um, so, no, but but given that they're saying you know, most of these things have been spotted by US military aircraft, US Air Force and Navy pilots. Um, yeah, it would have to be a really weird thing. When I, I saw this thing in the sky, it glowed really bright, then disappeared, and then a week later, I developed a tumour. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the fact be, that they're saying they'll but, continue to monitor it suggests to me that they, th- they see the possibility of it. Now, if you were talking... Specifically about craft from Russia, as an example, hmm. or China, they'd be less concerned about that, wouldn't they? Sorry, less concerned about what? About um, potential long-term health implications of observing. Yeah, I mean, usually if you come up against an enemy aircraft, your your health concerns are very short-term indeed, that you're not going to be worried about the long-term effects of, as you go into old age of encountering an enemy aircraft, you're going to be worried about what's going to happen in the next minute. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But they they, they talk about there have been no reported collisions between US aircraft and UAP. Um, Well... Say so I thought the reason why they called it UAP rather than UFO was to allow for things that are, aren't very substantial, like a, a trick of the light. Well, no, you, an aircraft can't collide with a trick of the light. But if that well, UAP was actually a UFO, then, yeah, it could a solid object, it could collide with that. If you see a white cylindrical object flying through the air at 40,000 mm-hmm. feet... Can you call it an aeroplane? No, you can't. Can you call it a helicopter? No, you can't. 
Can you call it a Zeppelin, a hot air balloon? You can't call it any of those things. Or you can say, you, you can't even say for certain that it is a craft. It is just no. a, it's still a physical object, but that would be a phenomenon. Until you know oh, what no, it I'll is. Say if, if, if it's a physical object, then that's a UFO. That's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's the definition. It's a flying I, object. Uh, it, it's that whole Whereas thing, it, isn't it? All UFOs um, are UAPs, but not all UAPs are UFOs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, UAP will. You know, it's, it's expanded to allow for tricks of the light and it's, atmospherics and it is the weather but other and, things and, as well. Um, yeah, hmm. yeah, but yeah, no, that's a that's a good catch. It's interesting. I, I suppose, that they do you talk know, about the health, uh, long term health. A, a meteor shower is is not. An unidentified flying object. It's a it's an aerial phenomenon, isn't it? It's um, it's something you yeah. see. In the, you know, stars yeah. in the sky are UAPs. They're not um, they're not um, I, flying objects. I don't know if I would call stars unidentified. Um, well, like, yes. Yeah, stars. <laughs> if if you don't know what it's called, <laughs> then if you see a star in the sky, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, Fair that's to you. That's an unidentified. It, it, but it's an aerial phenomenon, isn't it? It's. Um, it is. It is absolutely. Yeah. But for me, the biggest thing about this report, and it's to me, it's an absolutely huge, huge aspect to it, is the fact that it exists at all. That's massive um, to me. Um, I think it's just an annual air defence summary. It's oh, it's not an air defence summary though. It's a report on unidentified aerial phenomena. It is an acknowledgement, and and like I say, you go back ten years. There's hmm. no way any government would have. Ad- publicly stated that UAPs exist. Those those videos from the Nimitz mm. were a complete um, paradigm-shifting event. Completely and utterly. It was world-changing because here a government has said there are these objects flying through the stars with flight characteristics that we can't replicate. And look, here's videos of them to prove it. That mm. is incredible. So now Pandora's, Pandora's opened a box, and we now know that these things exist. So now they're doing annual reports about it. All right, the report itself might not really say much, but the fact that the report exists at all as an unclassified document, is the government's acknowledgement that UAPs are out there, that that there are things flying through the skies of this planet that they cannot determine what they are. And they even say, as you rightly pointed out, some of these things exhibit flight characteristics that are, you know, unexplainable. Hmm. That's a uh, more I think about that as a statement in this report. That's a bold statement to make. But I wonder if it's also to do with America being more secure in its air superiority. That back in back in the days of the Cold War, no, they would never say that there's craft coming into our airspace and we don't know what they are. They might it might be the Russians who have who have leapfrogged us in technology again, and you know we can't 
we can't replicate what they're doing. They wouldn't want to say that. Um, that's giving comfort to the enemy, if nothing else. But now they know that there's no way that, you know, I'm sure they've got a very um, tight finger on the pulse of what's going on in China, what's going on in Russia. They know what their capabilities are. And I'm sure they're confident that US technology is way ahead of anything that they've got that they can't encroach on our airspace, except in innocuous ways. Yeah, you know, they can send a, a balloon over and claim it's a weather balloon. They can send a satellite over because no one might, seems to mind a satellite or is prepared to do anything about a satellite. <coughs> there are thousands upon thousands of satellites around the planet already, so mm. yeah. Who'd notice an extra one? <laughs> oh, I think they would. I think, they, I think they've got them all. Oh, they've got I, them yeah. all catalogued. I, yes, um, oh, I'm, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm speaking very tongue in cheek when I say that. Yeah, but um, yeah, but yeah, but, but yeah, but, but that whole air superiority thing—that to me makes it less likely they would publish a report like this than more likely. Yeah, I mean. You don't want to admit that there are things flying through your skies that you have no control over and you can't predict and you can't really do anything about, which is well, what it, this report acknowledges. But it will always be in the interests of generals to highlight some kind of threat that they need more resources to counter. And the more resources they get, the more money they get, the more men, the more troops they get, the the more the more important they become. Oh, you better promote me another rank, you know, just to make sure. So you got someone, you know, you, you haven't just got a, a major general in charge of this. You've actually got a full four star general. You know, better promote me a general. Yeah, just so you I... know, you got this thing under control. You know, they, they have a the military have an incentive to identify threats. I absolutely get that but you can do that through classified documents you don't need to be unclassified you don't need to be telling the public general public um in a democracy i think to an extent you do because it's public money that is is going to be spent on the military i mean the public will know how much is being spent on the military and um you need to convince them there's a good reason for it well, so you need to tell them what the threat is, what the threat you're worried about is, and what you need to combat it. So, yeah, you got to get you got to get the Daily Telegraph and the Daily Mail on board saying, "Oh, yeah, we need to." Yeah, the government wants to spend an extra forty-five billion this year on military, on top of what they're already spending. And oh, yeah, there's a good cause for it. You know, I would say there's already enough black projects going that uh, that, that will be sunk costs anyway. Well, you never think is it. The thing with black projects is, yeah, they have to be funded out of out of the petty cash or slush funds. Yeah, it's, it's like, um, in, do you remember Ollie North when he wanted to mm. he wanted to get arms to the the Contras in Nicaragua? Um, so he had to do arms deals with the Iranians to get them to, to raise the money to to uh, was he was he getting selling getting drugs getting heroin from. Iran Something and selling like it and, yeah. and it was all it was standard CIA stuff. You know, you're gonna you're gonna deal drugs, raise money to buy guns for this this band of um, outlaws yeah. somewhere that you, that you're supporting. Um, a bunch of murderers you've decided are in, you know operating in your interests, or you they they're going to murder people who you 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 would actually quite like to see murdered. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the, that's the work of that's what the CIA do, isn't it? 
Well, I'll tell you what, let's put this to our listeners um, to decide um, what they think. It, it, is it is it just a way of getting more funds that they've produced this report, uh, as Neil has suggested, or is this uh, indeed a further step along the road to disclosure as I'm absolutely <laughs> digging my heels. <laughs> I know you one. are. I know you are. <laughs> um, what do you think, listeners? Do let us know. You can you can contact us via the usual means. You can uh, contact us on Facebook and Twitter or YouTube by searching Aliens Explored. You can get in touch with us by email, aliensexplored at gmail.com. Or if you're one of our Patreon patrons, then you get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can discuss this, express your opinions freely with like-minded or sometimes uh, people who will disagree with you as well. Um, But yes, but lots and lots of lovely folk on there to chat to. Um. Join us next time, though, when we'll be going back, all the way back to Roswell, New Mexico, and did the alien entity known as Eber, that's extraterrestrial biological entity, a survivor from the crash at Roswell, actually exist? That'll be a good one for us to get into, so don't miss that one. Back to Roswell. We've got to do it every now and then, haven't we? In the meantime, keep looking into all these government reports, no matter how dry they are. And of course, keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fiegel Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit AliensExplored.com.